Wow, this is, this is quite the episode. Uh, <laughs> this is the Creative Double Shot, a conversation about building the creative life you want. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Ginger. If you want more creativity in your life, let's talk. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Creative Double Shot. Today, we are starting a new series about overcoming barriers to creativity. And today, we're starting with space. There are all these like preconceived notions about what a creative space should look like, and um, we kind of were working through what some of those might be. And we talk about, you know, magazine articles where, oh, we're going to visit Dean Koontz. We're going to go see Dean Koontz. And he's in this like magnificent library. It's all wood and it's in his house and he's made a bajillion dollars. And it's like, oh man, yeah, I could probably create if I was in a beautiful, peaceful space like that. And then, Artist studios. Oh my goodness. Forget yeah. about it. What's yeah. the, what's or, the quintessential? Or, I mean, visual artist studios, painter studios. Well, you think of a giant light filled yes. space, a loft, New York City. Yeah. And so it's like, oh man. And you can, like you see these spaces and your your chest opens up, you breathe easier. You just it's it's like going into a library or a museum because it's open and it's it's awesome. And clean. Oh, and we, we were talking too about how movies are the worst offenders, you know. It's like, oh, this movie about this starving artist and, and it's like, look at that space that they're working in. Oh That's my gosh, no look at that tortured artist. genius in that amazing space. I yeah. wanna I want that space. Um, Don't even get me started on therapists in movies either. <laughs> Why? Anyway, that's a different. That sorry, on? sorry. Touch but it's true. Well, let's <laughs> let's just talk about movies in general, right? Like movies always portray things that are so unrealistic in service of a story, and it and it usually works because we keep going back and watching them. Right. However, let's not take our cues from movies all the time. They're nice aspirational things, but it's important to kind of figure out how to. You know, this whole thing is about creativity, having a creative practice on your own terms. And we all know that we all don't have lofts or libraries or, or at least our own libraries that we can do work in. And so how, how do we figure that out? You know, it's, uh, it's easy to get stuck and go, well, I don't really have the space to do what I want. So I'm just not even going to start. Right. Screw Holding it. on to the romantic notion of the, the perfect space or the, yeah. is the only space. Well, because the, the muse can't reach me unless I'm, I'm in perfect harmony with my beautiful right. space. There are ways to be creative. And we talked about this, I think, in, in the uh, Creativity on Your Own Terms episode. It's the idea that you can work with what you have, essentially, at least, at least as a starting point. It's like, okay, well, you know, what can I do? Do I, do I have an office in the house? No. Okay, well, can I write on the couch? Yeah. Are there times that are better than other times? And of course, again, I'm coming at this from a writer's perspective, but right. even from when you started out, I mean, we talked in your story, or you talked in your story about the different spaces that you worked in over periods of time. And, you know, ultimately it's because you knew you wanted to do this practice. So you figured out where you wanted to Kitchen be. Kitchen table. Spare bedroom slash closet. Yeah. <laughs> slash armpit of the house. Yeah. Outside. Those were some cold winters, as I recall. Yes. In my finger, in my finger gloves. Well, yeah, you called? were borrowing them from me oh, that right. day because I, a... I wasn't in my writer's garret <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I didn't need my fingerless gloves. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, we're going to do a drawing and someday and, and the winner will get fingerless gloves. 
<laughs> the fingerless gloves. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> they used to have fingers, but we worked them to the bone and the fingers came off the gloves. All right. This episode's really about fingerless gloves. It was a bait and switch, you call it. Yeah. And I, I was thinking, uh, you know, you've, you've kind of accordioned a little bit where you started out with small spaces and, and working at the kitchen table. Uh, we created some space in that quote unquote dining room in our other house, our, our old house, that was pretty small to begin with. And it was also the main thoroughfare to the back porch. And then in between those two things, you had, we talked about the mother-in-law's quarters yeah. studio, which was glorious. And then so you, you were small, you went big, you went back to small. And then, um, and then my friend gave me that yeah. beautiful space. And even that was such a beautiful space. And I have now, you know, I have a smaller space again. It's a, it's a lovely space, but I still have some romantic notions about oh, yeah. the bigger space, right? Well, and, it's a, it goes back to the, the movie and stuff. And the skylights. Yeah, well, sorry. That, no, don't be. Uh, that, that big, oh, that openness is, there's something about it that's just, it kind of puts you a little bit at ease, right? As yes. opposed to... You know, you, your studio in the basement here is not, it is, it's nice. It gets great light, but it also has like seven and a half foot ceilings. Right. <laughs> so, but the whole point of this little interlude is that you are able to create in any of those Absolutely. environments, right? And I think that's really cool. Uh, you know, when I first started my writing practice, when I first started, I remember sitting in our, com- our quote unquote computer room, which was also a closet. It was Probably. We have a lot of closets. Well, we use a homes. lot of rooms as closets. <laughs> I think we have too much stuff. Well, I that's think. That's another. Yeah, no. That's another. We're going to do <gasps> the, the uh, magical art of tidying up in the next Right. Episode. I was just going to say decluttering yeah. is kind of well, part of creating a space. But well, yeah, absolutely. But we're not, we're not going to do that. Right. No, God, no. we'll send you to podcasts that can tell you all about that. But I was just going to say, it's, <laughs> we, there are only three of us, and usually most houses seem to be made for around four people or more. So we usually wind up with a spare room at some point. And before we had a child, we had spare rooms and we just treated them like closets. Wow, this is, this is quite the episode. Uh, but <laughs> all right, so, again. so the, the computer room, when I started my writing practice, I remember sitting in a chair, there was a bunch of stuff just like, it, it was not a feng shui conducive environment. And I, I realized that I could write in there, but I was also figuring out my, my practice on my own terms at that point in time. And um, because it was a very well-used space, we wound up problem-solving it by we got a garden shed and put that up back, which I talked about. And won't go into that, but the idea was like, and that worked out great because it actually wound up morphing into my office in 2014 for actual work work, which kind of sucked some of the fun out of it. But <laughs> also while I was getting the shack set up, I was going to the local library to write. Because I was like, oh, I need a space that's quiet and, uh, and it's free and really no one will bother me. And the best part was it didn't have very good internet connectivity, so I couldn't distract myself Even with, Even better, I'm yeah. going to do some research. That's a long, long, long way of saying um, fingerless gloves and <laughs> closets uh, that if you, if, where there's a will, there's a way, essentially, right? And so... One of the things that we've also used, which I, I we're talking about this right before we got on here, there's not only just space, right? So it's like, oh, I need this space, I need this space, but time is just like blocking out like a conference room. Sometimes space is available and sometimes it's not. So uh, your schedule can also, 
have a big part in where you create depending on you know what's available when and we're going to talk about time in the next episode yes. the the barrier of the time time space, space barrier continuum. space sound barrier <laughs> anyway we won't go too deeply into that but just uh keep that in mind especially once we get toward the end of this one as far as the takeaways go so there's that kind of creativity like okay well i can figure out when a good time to work in this particular space is um and then there's also the idea that obviously we all have the multi-use spaces right where it's like okay so this is normally the well maybe it's normally an office space or it's a, a homework desk but during the day the child's not home doing homework so you can use that as your creative space and then you can dump all your stuff in a bin and put it aside or they can you know however it works but just trying to get really creative with what you have available to you and that works for a while but sometimes you might find yourself going well I, i'm out of options here at home and i can't think of anything else and so what are what's something that people can do maybe to to help them if, if they get stuck that way ask people yeah absolutely other people who have small homes or lots of kids or other oh yeah you know, yeah so that... people who are in the same situation as you are yeah and what what have they done to that you thinking yeah what about uh, i was thinking also like maybe other people who don't you, you know you just hey look i'm looking for some space to do and and we were talking about the difference obviously like a writer has it easy because you're just like i'm gonna take my laptop i'm gonna go sit in the park i'm gonna you know like there are a million places you can write but if you're a visual artist and you have hauling your paint around and paint and right. easels and canvases and all that stuff you know it gets a little more challenging you know and there are well you know there are options you could have like a plain air easel that you just like all right i'm not doing plain air painting but who cares i just take this with me i find a spot right go to the subway put my hat out um it's it's kind of fun and i think it's a little bit thrilling when you're like oh yeah i could totally do i could take my plain air easel and go somewhere and as long as i'm not overly self-conscious <laughs> right. you know or find some place that's fairly secluded uh you know whatever but you could you could do that and it's like wow that's pretty cool yeah i guess i was thinking too you have a friend who was up against they had a studio they're up against a lease oh right and they how did they wind up solving their space issue at least for the time being yeah something came up a friend just said hey i've got some space that i'm not using it just has some furniture in it or something, and they moved that aside, and now they're painting there. Are their friends also creatives, or no? Those friends weren't. Oh well, maybe maybe there was some stuff in there, a, a studio space that wasn't being used, something like that. But but not necessarily. I mean, you yeah. know, I think maybe even asking your non-creative friends and your family and whatever. The idea is that we sometimes we get so fixated on our own sphere of like where we're trying to solve the problem that if you can take a step back and, and oftentimes people that we know and people who care about us or, or are interested in what we're doing are happy to help problem solve. There are things out there that you haven't conceived of, but if you have committed to doing your practice, to starting your practice, and then you're open to that, you'd be surprised what would materialize in helping you figure out exactly. where yeah. you can create. I was thinking about uh, a book by Jeff Vandermeer called Book Life, and he wrote it. I'm sure there's probably a, an updated version, but he wrote it back in 2012, maybe, or it came out in 2012. One thing he, he says, and I think I mentioned this before about, you know, your fetishes, like, oh, I have to have this 
pen to write. I need to have this music on. I need to have this essential oil candle right. thing burning. <laughs> he said the same thing with writing space. You know, he's like, learn to write everywhere, you know, or anywhere, because if you can do that, then you can get more writing done. And by being in different environments, you, it can also inspire, which I think is really cool. Or it can make you think of things from a different perspective, which is, in essence, inspiration. Um, and you were talking about, we are oft referred to uh, Eric Meisel. Right. And what did he say? Learning to create in the middle of things, is right. how he put it. And I, and I was thinking about it as a visual artist, it, it's sometimes really challenging. If there's anybody else around, become very self-conscious about what you're producing and people are interested. So if you are sitting on a park bench, which I used to do, you know, downtown, I used to go downtown and kind of draw and pe random people would just like, oh, what are you working on? You know, and so that can be a little intimidating. And even your family, you know, you don't really want feedback necessarily right. or yeah, that's or whatever. Huge. But I think getting used to, you know, we've talked about in other episodes, like learning to be less self-conscious about your, I mean, practicing yeah. being less self-conscious about your product so that when you are in the middle of things, if your kids are home, if they're working on stuff, you can be in the middle of them drawing, sort of probably something you can get used to. It's tough. I know from my, personally that I struggle with interruptions. You know, we talked about the flow state and it's sometimes hard. It's hard for me to dip in and out of a story and be as effective versus like totally sinking into it and thinking about the world and the characters and all that stuff. And so there's obviously it's going to be different for different people. And so again, this whole thing is on your own terms. So you have to figure out what works for you. And I think that's an important part of all this too, is that if you're trying to problem solve your space thing, you might not have all the information yet that helps you determine what the best space is for you. So you have to kind of be open to like being a little self-aware, like, oh yeah, and not, not getting just frustrated and angry because that doesn't problem solve anything, but go, yeah, this isn't working for me. So I, I need to change something. The immortal right. words of Rick Steves, something's not to your liking, change your liking yes, or change, change where you're doing your creative work. I think definitely what I was thinking as you were talking is that we tend to give up a little too easily. Sometimes I have been guilty of this, putting it on the back burner, you know, like, well, that's my creativity, like the dishes need to come first or the family homework needs to come first or whatever. We, we're willing to, when we run up against a little roadblock, we go, well, didn't work, tried, tried can't. can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the space is a big one because it's easy to just be like, well, I just don't have anywhere to do this. And you know what's lurking underneath all that is fear, total, it's, and maybe your inner critic is peeking out and laughing like a grinning skull face or something. <laughs> and so part four of this little series about overcoming barriers will be about the inner critic, which we've talked about a bunch. And, and it's interesting how we'll use things like my space isn't right or whatever to, to kind of shut it down because it's, the whole prospect is really too scary. But again, if you make that commitment for yourself, and are open to the possibilities, you'll figure out how to make it work. And so that's kind of the, the, the nuts and bolts. I mean, taking that first step, you know, the first thing that we want to make sure you're leaving here with is, you know, make that commitment to start your practice or to continue your practice. And don't worry about the exact nature of how you're going to do it. 
right? Especially where the space is concerned. It's like, okay, try the first available thing that, that you can think of that seems doable. And no, just try the first available thing that you can think of. It doesn't have to seem doable. Just try it. Yeah. If it doesn't work, try something else. If it's not happening for you or you're feeling frustrated, you know, ask for help. Put it out there in the world. You know, if, if you're online and you have a creative group that you hang out with on Twitter or something else, you have a writer's group. And again, I'm thinking about writers or if you have artist groups, you know, ask them, like, how did you problem solve this? Like you've mentioned before, or do you know of anyone who can help me problem solve this? And I was thinking too, you know, we have, if you have kids, you have a whole community around your kids. Your kids' friends' parents usually wind up being your friends, or at least some of them do just right. by default. And uh, there are people who may not be working on any kind of creative practice at the moment, or it's just not something that they're interested in, but they might have a really good solution to something that you're trying to figure out, you know, because people, I think, ultimately like to help each other. So, yeah, don't be afraid to put it out there and ask for help and uh, be open to some possibilities. Because I know a lot of times when someone says, oh, you should, what, have you thought about this? And you're like, no, but I don't want to, and, and I'm just going to stonewall this, as opposed to going, oh, I hadn't. Let me think about that, you know, because I don't or know. Or I had, and I shut it down for various reasons, well, and but I maybe thinking, I need to revisit it. That's right. Or if you're like me, you immediately react, like, oh, no, that's stupid. And then, then you think about it, like, no, that's really actually brilliant. I just need to shut up and right. let my brain actually soak that in for a hot minute or day. And so there's that. And then the other one, you know, don't give up. If you want to do this thing, whatever it is, this creative practice, just keep after it. Because again, if you just immediately self-select out of it, you're probably missing out on something that's pretty awesome. Meaningful to you. Because if, if, yeah, if you're even thinking about it, then it's probably meaningful to you. Yes. Um, and there's definitely the, the why aspect that fits into all this. Again, if you're like, I'm going to be the next Jackson Pollock. And I'm going to make millions of dollars or, or somebody's going to make millions of dollars in my estate. You know, that's, that might not keep you going. But if you can figure out your why, like your total internal why, that'll help you through these times where you're trying to figure out, well, where, where the heck am I going to do this thing? And then the other part, too, is even if the space is imperfect, you know, if you're like, oh, it's a little noisy or there are interruptions, if that's the difference between doing and not doing, I suggest just do it and know that you're, you know, none of our creation is ever perfect anyway. So give it, like, try it for a week and go, okay, well, oh, look, man, look, I made, I, I made this. I got three collages done yeah. with kids screaming in the background or with a refrigerator clunking next <laughs> to me. Or a dog licking its <laughs> nether parts. All right. Sorry. Um, per, had to go there. A personal. It's <laughs> my personal peccadillo. Wait, no, that's probably not the right thing. Because if you see yourself as a creative person, then you can creatively solve these problems and enlist. That's right. People. Yeah. To help. And if you don't see yourself as a creative person, if you're struggling with that yeah. concept, go back and listen to episode two of the Creative Double Shot. Yeah. The myth of the real creative. Absolutely. 100% agree. It's purely objective here. Um, well, that's awesome. I was marveling at, throughout my life, there are people, knitters are the ones I think of the most. And I wish that writing was sort of that unconscious thing you could do while engaging with other people. Because I, I was like, oh, yeah, 
we were, hey, everyone come over for the Super Bowl. And like two people would bring their knitting balls and just be like amazing talking. And it's like, oh man, like how cool is that, that you can create? And I know it's a certain type of creation, but it it's just fascinating to me. But there's something that if you're into, you can do in the middle of everything. And and also knitting, even though I don't know how to do it, but because I don't know how to do it, I look at the product yeah. and I don't judge the product. I mean, any anybody who's knitted anything, it looks awesome to me. They're like, no, no, I dropped a stitch here and there. And, yeah. you know, they can, they know, but like, it's different than drawing where it's obvious to everyone when you first, you know, that, that if you really can't do it, you know, like, and I think that's why drawing is one of those things that is more intimidating to do in front of other people because right. people have notions about what a drawing is supposed right. yeah, to look that's like. that's true. I mean, other knitters will know, but the average person isn't going to know that you've dropped a stitch. Drawing is the bellwether of your creative ability. Yes, if you can't exactly. draw, hang it up. No. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. No, it's, it's just funny. I was just thinking about that. I was like, man, like, yeah. being able to create in the middle of stuff is, it's a gift. When you read... You're able to sink into a book and just the world fades away and you don't hear anything. Um, whereas when I'm reading a book, it's like, I think I hear a fly or <laughs> I'm very distractible and I don't know what that is, but there are definitely different layers of how, how that all works. And I'm not even sure if this is going to go on the podcast, but it's just interesting about space. When you start talking about space, how people's needs are different. Um, that's it. Well, thank you for joining us on this episode. We hope you find a way to get into that space that allows you to work your creative practice. And next time we'll be talking about time and busy culture, which should be fun because here in America, we like to be busy. Yes, we do. And if you're not in America, hopefully you don't have to deal with this. So we'll see you next time on the Creative Double Shot. See ya.